Episode 64, April the 17th, 2013, the huge Granada win one. You are listening to This is Atleti, the only podcast in English dedicated to Atletico de Madrid. In today's episode... Atleti sent Granada home with the 5-0 defeat and lead them close to relegation quicksand. On the Dia del Niño, beating Granada proved to be child's play. Next up at home, Real Madrid. This is a lady house Ricky fulfills anything dream. From touring Madrid on the team bus to having lunch with assistant coach Mono Burgos and the playing ball with Juan Fran on the pitch of the Vicente Calderon. Ricky tells us all about his great insider experience. Oliver Torres and Ramel Falcao are the two lively debates these days among fans. Suzanne debuts on Athletic Offense with a new column, so be on the lookout for what Soapbox Susie has to say. And now, the red and white fact of the week. Gabi played his 250th match in Primera, his 118th as a Rojiblanco. The midfielder in the peak of his career was ecstatic after Sunday's match and stated it was an honor to make it in the place where you grew up. Hello everyone, welcome back to This is Atleti, your space of 100% Atletico Madrid news and opinion. This is Ricardo Menendez, once again hosting the show, and as usual from Florida we have Martin Rosenau. How are you, Martin? Doing good, good evening. Great to hear you, to hear you. Um, We also have Derek Mayen from the Netherlands. How are you, Derek? I'm fantastic, Rick. I mean, I'm talking here with you guys. What else could I want? Yeah, and it's not the first time we've done this. Um, We'll talk about that later. And... (laughs) Let me please break my habit of not using Spanish here to welcome back Susan Offerman. Uh, Suzanne, buenas noches, Susana. ¿Qué tal tu vuelta a Alemania? Hola, buenas noches. Eh, mi vuelta fue buena, pero ahora soy un poco cansada, pero estoy un poco cansada, pero estoy bien. Okay. Tienes y mucho trabajo. Yeah, it's very late. It's very late, and thank you, Suzanne, for for staying up, for um, being on the show once again, and... Uh, well, since we last talked, um, we we've we've gone through uh, quite a few matches, and and but I think we we have to pay attention to the to the most recent match, uh, Granada, excellent five to zero win, um, erasing most of the doubts the the team was having in the most recent matches. Maybe we're we can recall uh, Getafe's match and how disappointed it was for. Um, uh, many of of the supporters, and well, let me start with, for example, Martin. Um, what do you recall from this weekend's Granada match? Uh, well, basically, after two uh, pretty frustrating matches where we had, uh, you know, we were given two chances to catch up to Real Madrid, uh, and we blew both of those opportunities. Uh, the Valencia game was a sloppy one. Uh, uh, our passing was really, really poor. We gave up a goal at home really quickly, which is something we're not accustomed to seeing. Um, and, uh, you know, we weren't able to beat one of our biggest rivals. Uh, and then the Hedafe game, uh, there was a very interesting change in our style of play. We were, early on in the game, we were much more effective on the counter than we had been in many of our previous games. And I attributed that to Adrian's speed over Ardas. Uh, we also saw us a lot more effective against Valencia, too, in that regard. 
And um, another point from the Hetafe game was that most of our attacks came from the right which is something we're not accustomed to seeing either. Uh, Adrián started in place of Arda, who got injured uh, in the Valencia game. So uh, Juanfran was also very much involved in that game compared to previous games. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the Granada game, even though Adrián didn't, didn't start that one, we saw Cebolla play instead and Raúl García line up on the right. And Raúl and Juanfran didn't link up the same way that Adrián and Juan Fran had before, and our counters were were, were based primarily on on Cebolla's speed. Uh, that was we saw that that beautiful goal that was scored when Cebolla took a in transition. He sprinted forward and found uh, Diego Costa on the right side with a beautifully threaded ball, and then Costa hit it right across the Falcao. It was really mm-hmm. nice to see Falcao get on the board. You and you and me have been very critical about. Uh, Cebolla as a starter, but um, I think that this is probably the the match where he's performed uh, best on the starting eleven. Um, we do have to acknowledge. I think it's 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 uh, fair to acknowledge Cebolla's excellent match on Sunday, right? Yeah, he usually if he starts, he kind of disappears on the left side. But that was also that was was also attributable to the fact that Arda would be playing as well. So you'd have a lot of lefty, uh, more lefty-geared type players uh, uh, taking over on the left side, and they'd be kind of like all muddled up there. He had a lot more space this time. Uh, I think he had the third most touches on the team, and he, he put in a, a lot of key passes. And like I said, none none more you know important than that one that he put to Costa that resulted in our second goal. Mm-hmm. Um, Derek, uh, fantastic match in in many senses. Uh, for example, Falcao uh, scoring again, scoring two goals in fact, uh, uh, achieving um, the same amount of goals as, as as last season in in Liga. Something that Simeone has has um, was very fast to point out. And we also have Koke with three new assists, and he's already the second um, top uh, ass- uh, assistant in La Liga, just behind Ophir with 12 assists. So um, the team does seem to be uh, getting back together, as as we saw in, in maybe an earlier part of the season. Uh, what's your opinion, Derek? Yeah, I think there was a huge relief on Sunday um, after the Granada game, because it was a game that we were expected to win. Um but still, we had won only one of our last six games, I believe. We had lost our perfect home record in the past couple of games. Um, so, and, of course, there was a story about Raul Mafocao, who wasn't in his best form. And I think that on Sunday night, we, we beat him 5-0. We had a perfect day with a great day for the kids on the Dia del Nino. Uh, the weather was great. The football was great. And I think that at the end of the day, it was just uh, an all-round perfect performance. And it's exactly what Atletico needed because mm-hmm. so many players stepped up um, despite some of the absences in uh, in midfield especially. Um, and I think that we can be nothing but uh, extremely satisfied with our performance because, as you mentioned, Coco, for example, um, he was playing in a, in a role where a lot of fans have been uh, asking for Simeone to play him there as a center midfielder. And... Um, even now, you, you get debates whether he should be um, our starting centre midfielder, even when Mario and Thiago return, which is 
something I would really like to ask Susan in a minute. Um, no, but I think all around it was a very good game, and um, you could actually see um, that Atletico were really focused um, on getting a result here to prove something to all those fans that had come to a packed stadium. Um, and also, I think it was a huge relief to see Falcao scoring in it. Mm-hmm. Martin? Uh, yeah, I mean, this was the type of game. It, we got everything we asked for, basically. We got a shutout. Uh, we won again at home. Uh, Falcao got two goals. It was the first multi-goal performance for him, believe it or not, since the Deportivo game when he yeah. scored five way back in December. So, I mean, that was pretty, that was pretty good. I... Uh, Derek was talking about a lot of people uh, wanting to see Koke as a as a DM alongside Gabi and that more of a holding role, but him advancing more than Gabi like we saw this game. For me, I'm convinced that that's what we need to go with, uh, with all due respect to Suzanne. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, also it was really nice to see w- with those three assists that Koke got. Ma- Maria now, seems, like up there. Maria seems like the solution, right. but maybe um, yeah, he's... It does seem that in the midfield, where where it's probably the area where um, the the team is best covered, except for maybe having another creative uh, midfielder, and everyone's thinking, of course, of of Diego until Oliver develops enough to to take a leading role. But in the meantime, uh, we do seem to have more than one solution, and and maybe Simeone's insistence on on playing Mario and. And and Gabi at the same time, maybe in fact they they should be fighting for for the the same spot. I well, don't know. Cholo, Cholo was asked about it after after the game. Somebody asked him, uh, and they asked him if if Koke should start playing more alongside Gabi. That would be obviously to the detriment of either Mario or Thiago. And Cholo said it's definitely a possibility that that's his natural position, and and he praised the word. Koke's work there. And the other thing is Koke has now taken his total assists. He's up there with people like Iniesta, Otsil, Messi. You know, he's he's already plus 10. Uh, so, I mean, how, I, I'd like to after compare not, his assists to Mario's. After not playing his position most of the season. So it just goes to show that maybe right. we're not exploiting his, his potential to the maximum. And now that we have um, Susan on, on board... Um, it would be great to ask her her opinion about the midfield, about uh, this this Mario Gabi Koke debate that has uh, started to come up. I don't know. It's just, I I know that Koke's natural position is in the center midfield, and and I know that uh, normally he he would be a player that competes with with Mario and Gabi for for the spot for the for the two spots in the center midfield. But I don't know. We as as long as as, as Cholo ha, has been a Latisim, we've always played with 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 two centre midfielders, and most of them it was like um, one more defensive and one more offensive. And like Mario and Gabi, it's like they always played well together. So mm-hmm. I I don't know. Mario was always the, the more defensive one. So if he's if he had to com- compete with. Um, uh, he would have to compete with with, with, with Gabi for the spot, but it would be Mario Koke. I don't know. It's just in, in your person. in your um, ideal starting eleven, um, 
uh, how would you place the players? Obviously, Yago wouldn't even find a spot on the bench, I, I, I guess. No. But after after discarding Diago for the list, who who would who would uh, be your your midfield? Mario and Gabi. Mario and Gabi. Okay. Yeah. And you're being objective there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Ricky, here I'm I'm gonna agree with Susan here because I think that let's not forget it's just a couple months ago, maybe at the start of the season, mm-hmm. but especially the end of last season. Um, we couldn't stop praising Mario. No, no, but you have to you have to take into consideration that um, what Simeone has actually managed to do is to make players get used to playing in positions that are natural for them and perform. Because we're we're saying that Koke was just spectacular um, in his position the other day, but he's been pretty decent the rest of the season. So uh, that just goes to show. Um, the other day he was talking about two players that were displaced in the starting eleven. Like, uh, well, one was displaced, like Raúl García, and Cebolla wasn't used to being a starter. And 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 you saw this highly motivated team. No matter whether they play a lot, they play a little. They they play sometimes. They hardly play at all. Um, you're getting response from um, a bigger amount of players. And Atlético de Madrid is used to uh, getting in in other seasons. So. I I have to I have to praise Simeone for being able to motivate the team to to play uh, everyone in practically every position because he's moved Raúl García around he's obviously moved Mario Suárez around uh, with very good results I I I um, I'm still thrilled by every time I I watch the Europa League final match again. It's it's just incredible the performance he had that night, or the Super Cup night. Um, uh, Mario responds excellently in 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 important matches. So it just goes to show the team is, is so highly motivated that everyone everyone is just killing for the spot. Um, Martin, what what would be your ideal distribution there? Uh, ideally for me, Coke and and Gabby. Okay, and back to you, Derek. I interrupted. Sorry. Um, I'm still gonna give Mario um, uh, my spot. I still think that he does bring us a lot of balance, and he seems to be a bit more mobile, a bit quicker, especially defensively than Koke is. Koke is a very good passer. He's a creative player, but um, I'm not entirely convinced on Koke's uh, physical ability yet, and I think that Mario provides us with a bit more stability. Um, I can see Mario showing up on the important nights. It's like actually, yeah, yeah. Mario's a safe, and and you're going to see him against Real Madrid. You're going to see him against Barcelona. Um, you're going to see him in the in the cup final uh, because he's a player that adds a special um, amount of security. But maybe when you have to be creative and and when you have to develop a more offensive team, uh, one of the two players are starting to be too much uh, defensive power. And I think that's when it would make sense to either sit Mario or sit Gabi and, and rest them even and um, have them take I, turns I, and taking a rest. That's the first time I actually hear someone suggest to sit Gabi. Um, perhaps he does deserve a rest, but uh, what I do like that especially <coughs> this season, uh, he has improved so much. And I don't think there's a single Atletico fan out there 
he would take Gabi out of his starting lineup. And, I, 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 I was I was really lucky to interview um, Gabi on in the uh, mix zone the other day after the match, and and my, my question for him especially was, um, is this your, the best moment of your career? And he said it has to be. It's it's I, I've I've never felt um, so important for a team as I'm feeling now, and I'm and. Um, I know that I have a center role for the team, and and I think I'm performing at at my um, maximum capacity. So um, I, I think it's it's great to have uh, uh, a fit Gabi and a fit Mario and a fit Coque, and 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 now you're adding all this huge talent pool from from the the youth system. Uh, Saul just looks inc like an incredible player for the next few years. Oliver Torres, everyone's talking about him. There's so much hype around Oliver Torres. It's, it's adding a lot of pressure for the player, but he's 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 an incredible player that of course has to develop. And I think we have to be especially patient with Oliver. Um, but I just think everything that's happening is good news. We we can't see this as a problem. We've we've wanted this to happen. Um, for for quite a few years. I actually have a question for Martin, and um, this is in the honor of our very very good friend uh, Gary, who unfortunately isn't um, on the podcast tonight. But uh, I know he would have uh, loved to have bring, uh, brought this up. Um, Martin, what do you think was more miraculous about the game uh, against Granada? The fact that Raúl Garcia received a standing ovation from the Vicente Calderón crowd, or the fact that Emilio Insua actually played a game? Oh, man, that's a tough one. But, I mean, we've seen in, in recent months, you know, people's respect for Raul increase. So I would have to say the bigger miracle is that this guy even exists, Emiliano Lisua. That's the bigger miracle. <laughs> <laughs> to see him enough, what I did see, there was nothing to criticize about him. Uh, but, I mean, look at the nature of the game. They, he came in and the point that he came in, we were yeah, coming like in. After, after so. you take, after you put uh, Canterano and... And uh, in yet another riskless uh, move, you put Insua. <laughs> it's like I don't know. The message is kind of negative. Well, but Ricky, for example, look at the look at this. Um, uh, when we played Real Madrid earlier this year, we played Cata Diaz at left back because Felipe, I believe, he was suspended at the time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. If Felipe or Juan Fran were, were was uh, not to be available for a game. Now who do we play? We either play an 18-year-old guy. I'm not. I'm not Pio. saying. I'm not saying don't sign anyone. I'm yeah. just saying don't sign someone from a foreign league. Well, has... to be honest, I'm glad that we signed someone who actually still is quite young, uh, who still um, is said to have a lot of potential, and who actually has experience in both the Serie A and the Premier League. I mean, I think it's a quality backup for Atletico to have, and maybe there are cheaper uh, alternatives, but. I think it's uh, as a, the third club in Spain right now. You're supposed to have great backup players, and I think that Insua is a standard that we should be aiming for in that regard. Yeah, I have to agree totally there. With Derek. I just see that uh, there are certain expenses there that are. Um, I mean, we're spending money on on certain players easily. The thing is, he he was a ready-made player at that that time, and like Derek pointed out. Philippe was struggling with an injury. He was on and off for about three weeks to a month at, around the winter transfer window. So I'm guessing that kind of pressure, you know, like he said, we put Gata 
yes. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's so. like a goalkeeping. It's like a goalkeeping debate in the Real Madrid. Maybe you're not going to need the player in in two months' time, but you have to cover the position just in case. Right. The problem is we also had Domingo Sisma, so I mean. Uh, yeah, that was a, okay. Uh, you're just accepting that there was a summer mistake there, basically. Yeah, you're acknowledging yeah. that uh, in a certain way. Okay, well, um, uh, let's mo- let's move on. Um, I, I, I guess well, we we can we can face the Oliver Torres uh, uh, debate. Uh, uh, he's been playing for the last two matches. He's been. Um, He's maybe played like uh, 50 minutes among two, uh, both matches, and um, is there is there too much hype around everything that Oliver does, and is there any way of preventing this hype? I think it's too late to prevent the hype. Uh, he's already a, a mega star. Everybody, we we always pointed out that we're always looking for the next uh, the Fernando, next Torres. Fernando Torres, and you know. For me, uh, I pointed it out in my aftermath that, you know, after Koke's excellent performance, why isn't Koke getting this kind of, you know, love? And, like, you know, he's st- he's only 21, and uh, I just, the line that I use is that Koke is the here and now. You know what I mean? And we're, like, looking past Koke to somebody like Oliver. Koke's taken for granted. Uh, I, I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Susan? There. Yeah, um... I have to, to agree with, with Martin on, on that point. The, the Oliver Torres thing is something, I, I don't know, you, you see, um, with when when uh, we played against Gana, um, Getafe, um, when he was, he was substituted in, uh, it was like he could read on Twitter like messages, oh yeah, he's now Oliver, with Oliver Torres, uh, Atletic will score five goals, and it's like, he all, all by himself, this 18-year-old goal, uh, guy will will uh, turn the match around himself and I think the expectations that people have in him are way exaggerated by now the, the, the guy is, a, is, is an outstanding talent but the thing is he's only 18 years old and uh, it's it's too early for, for him to, to be to get too much pressure because when, when Fernando Torres left um, to Liverpool he once said in an interview that um when he started playing for Letty um, and got uh, got captain with 19 year, nine, only with 19 years, and it was a pressure, and it felt like a disadvantage for him. And I would, don't, would not like if if uh, we would do that same mistake again and um, put all the pressure on Oliver Torres. And additionally, I think it's it's kind of unfair to the other players from the from the Cantera. Uh, who are playing? Who are playing well? You, you see, Saul. You say Javi Manquillo. They're both all, also only 18 years old, and they also played played well on the few occasions they they play for the first team. And I think it's kind of unfair if you s- just give the credit to Oliver Torres. Yeah, he he's like more the Xavi kind of player, uh, but I don't know. He he's 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 a talent, but we have to develop him. And we need need to give him time to well, develop. We we've always heard Billy when he's on the show say that he his favorite is actually Saul. It's not it's not Oliver in the first place. He's he's watched quite a few um, Cantera matches and and m- many uh, many journalists that watch uh, the the B team quite frequently have also stated that 
um, Saul is is a player to follow, and 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 maybe um, the, the buzz around um, Oliver has more to do with not having a specific player for that position, or or being a type of player that you don't see that often. But um, I have to agree here completely with Martin. It's it's um, uh, Koke's performance is just being incredibly outstanding, and and he's not getting enough recognition for for the excellent season and um you pointed out at the beginning of the podcast it's just he's he's way up here at the top of the of the league with 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 all the big names and and all the top assistants and and that's just incredible it's an incredible uh step up for for a kid that's only 21 now, Susan, yeah, you've, uh, you've covered the um, the subject extensively in your new feature uh, on athleticofans.com uh, called Susie's Soapbox, uh, and I can really recommend anyone to, to check that out, and uh, you'll be making a, a lot of more appearances with Susie's Soapbox in the future, I hope. Um, and, uh, guys, there's there's one thing I would like to add about um, Oliver Torres, because I do believe he's being overhyped, but on on the other end, I really do think that He's able to to chip in. I do think that he's good enough to to be used uh, by Simeone in all of our La Liga games, and maybe not as a starter and not as uh, the person who's going to change our games. But just look at his last two performances, where um, Oliver just comes in and he doesn't hesitate to ask for the ball. He's not afraid. He isn't nervous. He just goes and collects the ball and distributes it and. At one point during the game um, against Granada, he was even telling Ranema Focal where to move, what to do, and I, f- I thought that was just amazing. And that's the signs of a of a young leader who is ready to step up, even if he is just 18 or 19 years old. And I re- I think that he really showed that um, right there that he is ready to contribute for Atletico. But um, please let me reiterate that he isn't ready to be. The new Diego. Let's just be patient with him and just see where he goes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, totally. I agree, totally. Yeah. Um, 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 well, be, before we move on, uh, let's quickly point out um, the Falcao issue and um, what's been popping out in the in in recent days uh, around Radamel Falcao and everyone's um, uh, giving for uh, taking for granted that. that um, Falcao is going to leave at, at the end of the season. Um, there are rumors whether he's going to head for one team or another, for one league or another. On Sunday, there were rumors that uh, maybe um, uh, uh, a, 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 a not um, top-level league uh, might make a move for for um, Falcao, maybe Ruben Kazan or or Dianzi, or, or one of those um, Eastern European teams. Mm, but uh, the thing around uh, Falcao is that what's uh, starting to be linked to Falcao leaving the team is that Simeone is pu- putting the pressure on uh, having Diego return. And what was um, deemed impossible, I think I I, I, I talked to Dani about this in, 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 in during the summer, that he thought it was completely impossible for Diego to ever um, return to Atletico de Madrid, it's starting to um, be more than just a rumor. Uh, there, there are um, uh, many pieces on many different um, uh, newspapers, blogs, or or on on TV, and stating that uh, Simeone's number one priority uh, would be 
to substitute uh, uh, Falcao with Diego and look for another type of maybe second level uh, striker like mm, the likes of um, Negredo. I really hope not. Or someone similar. Um, any any comments on, on, on that one, Derek? Um, well, regarding the striker position, of course, there's also still Leo Baptistao, who I'm hopeful will sign. Um, to be completely honest, Ricky, uh, I've been a bit out of the loop regarding the transfer rumor. So what you're telling me uh, right now is news to me. Um, I do know that there were some rumors linking Focal to Man United this past week, mm-hmm. which would be a shock move, I think, considering that um, Ferguson already has uh, Robin van Persie at his disposal, of course. But um, that that would mean, uh, according to the, to the Arias, uh who ran that news, that would mean and and Marca, that would mean that maybe it would be uh, uh, that would also imply a move of Chicharito to to Atlético Madrid. Yeah, and I'm not really a big fan of the latter, but I think that's a discussion for another time. Um, I do think that there always will be the very real possibility that Pocahou does leave. Um, but that's not something that we should have in the back of our minds constantly, because those rumors are always going to be there, and we shouldn't let uh, those rumors distract us. Uh-huh. Um, I do look forward to, to Diego returning, though, and I do think that uh, it is something that Simeone is really pushing for, as you mentioned, and um, that, w- that is something that would really give us some more options in the offensive uh, part of our midfield, which I do believe that we still need, and it's something that uh, Martin has already extensively covered on the website as well, mm-hmm. um, about our lack of creativity and the responsibility that it has carried to, to other guys like Arda. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that Simeone will be looking to make some moves in the summer simply to um, expand his arsenal of, of weapons um, in our midfield because this is something that we've talked about before. I think that we do lack some diversity and variety in our uh, in our options um, when we're when we're attacking. And um, I'm pretty sure that Simeone has also made that um, uh, made it pretty clear that he, he wants some more players to come in this summer. Mm-hmm. And well, Susan, uh, rumors, rumors, rumors. We can't sell Falk out to seven different teams and. <laughs> cut, him, cut him to pieces or or, or whatever. So um, most of what's coming out has to be uh, fake news and just uh, um, uh, senseless rumors. But what does seem to be bound to happen is uh, Diego returning to Atletico, according to uh, many people uh, talking about it. Uh, from the German perspective, uh, we've heard that uh, Diego talked about Atleti... Uh, after the humiliating 6-1 defeat uh, versus Bayern or, or the day before. I don't know exactly when that happened. Um, do you have any news there that, that you can add? Um, I, I read today that he said something about Atleti mm-hmm. finally having to, to win uh, the derby against Real Madrid, but it was not in a German newspaper. Mm-hmm. It was in Spanish. So, so, but I, I just saw it on Twitter while I was on work today and had the possibility to read further into it. Okay, so um, you, you give it mild credibility, right? All these uh, rumors. I, 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 don't, I don't know. The, the, the thing is, with Falcao to Man United, uh, Ferguson himself said that on a press conference that uh, to the journalists who asked him, oh, do you think that's true? Like, uh, uh, who, 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 something like who, does, who believes in such rumors? So he, 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 he said it's not true. 
um, that uh, that uh, all the rumors about Falcao. But for me, the Falcao leaving is a done deal. So I, I'm totally convinced he'll leave mm-hmm. us summer. But with Diego, um, when uh, in winter, I was I was not very convinced that that it, it will work with Diego because. He um, earns quite a lot of money at Wolfsburg because they have a lot of money um, and they pay all their, their players quite quite well. And uh, well, shortly before the winter break, <laughs> Wolfsburg has, has has sacked Magat as their coach, and um, it, it was it was uh, known in Germany that uh, Diego and Magat were not even were not so good friends at all, and that. Um, Diego liked the the assistant coach who took over the the spot um, as a as a um, coach for 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 some time, but and they thought about um, about making him the coach until the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that was the time when Diego said, "Yeah, I'm thinking of renewing my contract." And um, but they they did not make 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 the the assistant coach. Final coach, they, they they got they got another one, um, and um, afterwards Diego said that he wants to play uh, with Brazil in the in the um, World Cup next year, so he has to play international. Wolfsburg is on 13th or 14th spot in the Bundesliga, I think, and um, with losing in the cup against Bayern Munich. Um, Yesterday, it ends all possibilities for them mm-hmm. to play, play international. Plus, next. it's expensive to keep these type of players if you're not um, uh, making enough money uh, through European competitions, I guess. Yeah, but we were talking about Wolfsburg, which is a total other topic because Wolfsburg is known for they they are uh, they are. Uh, a comp- they are a club that is 100% owned by Volkswagen, uh-huh. so they have uh, uh, they have um, money to to spend. Cash um, cow inside. With, with, without without limits, um, they 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 were able when when Magat was still they had a had a squad of 42 players. Mm-hmm. So like he he was he was like addicted to uh, buying players like women are addicted to buy shoes. <laughs> okay. Um, so they don't have to sell them, but there are rumors uh, saying that Volkswagen wants wants to limit it a bit, and they have so many players that are earning so much money. Even the worst players are, are getting three million, something like that. So they want to to, uh, to make the squad a bit thinner. Okay. So maybe they 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 sell some players. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Well, Martin uh, Falcao on the Colombian front. Um, <sighs> Yeah, just going, going, gone. I just needed a minute to gather myself <laughs> uh, with all this funk out leaving talk. Guys, <laughs> breaking my heart over here. But uh, one thing, one thing I wanted to point out, something that that bothers me about. I'm not saying all of our fans, but I just I don't like how okay, Falcao struggles for three weeks, maybe a month, and this type of rumor comes out. And, and nobody seems to really care anymore that he's going to leave, as opposed to if he's on, you know, scoring brace after brace and hat tricks and that kind of stuff. And I hate how we give we give up our players so quickly when they need us most. 
And then when our players, when our team is struggling and there's really no, no bright future for our team and you start seeing players, for example, like Unaguero, uh, look for greener pastures, we call them mercenaries and we destroy them. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. look at us. Look at ourselves sometimes, how we just turn our backs on our players and, and we're emotionless when somebody who's contributed so much to our team and has given his all for the past two years, you know, struggles a couple of weeks and then, you know, we, we don't care anymore. Yeah. Go ahead and leave. Let's just take the money. I'm, I'm feeling yep. kind of bad here. This has nothing to do with Falcao being Colombian, right? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think that that, 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 that thing about fans getting emotionless about people, uh, players leaving is some of the side effects in modern football because all of the players, they are just leaving and you trust them and then they, they just uh, just say, you are, I'm leaving. And you do that once and you are totally sad, you do it twice, you're totally sad again. And then you think, oh, fuck off. Next time you however, leave, I won't... However you say that, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking... Yeah, uh, but you have to pick me. There he is, it on. Yeah, okay. Let's bring the German on so she curses. Great. Go on, go on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So I, I think that um, with that, it's time to move on to our final subject of the podcast. And it's something that I really, really wanted to talk to you uh, guys about or actually wanted to ask Ricky about because... Uh, Ricky... Derek and get recorded. <laughs> um, yeah we actually tried to record it before and Ricky went on a told us a great great story but unfortunately we didn't record all of it so uh, here we are again um, Ricky um, not uh, this Monday but the Monday before you were invited um, for a fantastic uh, sponsored event by Coca-Cola who invited a, a very select group of people um, to, for a fantastic day, um, tell us uh, what happened. Well, it was it was an incredible experience, and and well, uh, Coca Cola uh, dubbed it the Coca Cola experience, in fact. And um, when when we were called up to go, we were just expecting to see I don't know go to some Coca Cola sponsored event, uh, watch some Coca Cola videos, and uh, maybe play a football match or do something. I don't know, Coca-Cola related. Um, drink some Coca-Cola or, or visit the factory or, or we really didn't know what we were, um, he uh, heading into. So, um, basically the rendezvous point was, uh, Neptuno Square where the Neptuno fountain is. And, uh, when, when we got there, we, we, we were really surprised. It was, it was a day full of surprises, incredible day. Um, it, it, there were um, six uh, Aleti bloggers uh, that were called up for the event, so it was really, really exclusive. Why they chose me, I have absolutely no clue. Somebody knows a reason. They can tell me why why they selected me and not someone else, not one of the um, hundreds of bloggers that are around. Um, yeah, I'm puzzled as well, Ricky, because I totally expected the invite from me and Martin and Suzy, but some other yeah, picture. Yeah, with, with the with the plane tickets. <laughs> yeah, um, they had someone fly over from Barcelona, in fact, to come. So it was it was quite surprising. Um, well, strange selection of, of of bloggers but well back to the point in the name of Estos Aleti uh, the, the, the Spanish 
uh, podcast and and Twitter account, uh, we were invited to to this uh, Coca Cola theme day, and and when we arrived to to Neptune Fountain, uh, the Atlético Madrid bus was parked there, uh, waiting for us. Uh, the, the the bus that normally takes the team to the matches and they that uh, uh, that travels all around Spain and uh, sometimes even to the European matches to to take the team from the hotels to the stadium or uh, to the training sessions and well it's 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 incredible to to be around the bus because it's it's um uh, it's normally uh, something that's always close to where the players are and and it had been the day after a match so uh, we weren't expecting to see the bus in the first place but not only was a bus there there were um uh executives from Coca-Cola executives from Atletico Madrid and they first thing they said is um we've got to catch the bus because we're going somewhere uh get inside the bus so um all of a sudden we were climbing onto the bus and 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 sitting in the same spot where i don't know where maybe Falcao has been sitting all season long, or um, uh, uh, Mario, or Gabi, or all the rest of the players that that we love. Um, but we were on the same bus, and and uh, the guys from Coca-Cola, they were really nice all all day long. Um, told us that we were going to have lunch uh, at 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 a restaurant, and they were taking us on the bus. And Ricky, Ricky, before you go to the lunch, um, what about the tunes that they play in the the bus? That's what I was. That's where I was heading to, towards. <laughs> and and um, what, what happened after that was that uh, uh, the 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 girl from Coca Cola told us that um, we were going to get into um, match day mode. So. Um, They they took out a CD and they told us that it's the same CD that they pop in when Atletico Madrid is heading towards the match. This is an opening song that they listen to when they're getting revved up for a match. And that was kind of awesome to, to listen to it. It's ACDC's Thunderstruck, which is a fantastic song. It's a uh, it really gets you revved up and and in in the mood for 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 a football match or. Or, or for whatever, it gets you really pumped up, and it's a yeah. it's a great classic. Uh, and uh, I just I just recommend it. Make it our podcast intro, Ricky. I, I think I think we should. <laughs> we we probably have copyright issues with ACDC, but um, it, it, it might be worthwhile. <laughs> the thing is that uh, they took us to to a football themed uh, restaurant in in the center of Madrid called Marca Sports Cafe. It's owned by Marca from by the newspaper. And and they had like um, this special reception area, and and we were taken to the most exclusive area of the restaurant, and really nice where they take the players when uh, players go out for dinner, and and they go there or or they organize special events. The thing is that um, in in that space where where they had separated us from the rest of the people that were at the restaurant, um, there was a a, a very famous. Uh, um, Uh, music uh, producer and disc jockey called Carlos Jean, and and when and after um, saying hi to Carlos Jean, Carlos Jean is uh, always brings great memories to any Atletico fan because he's always the MC 
at Atletico de Madrid trophy celebration. So I don't know if you guys remember all these um, huge events that happened at Neptuno when the bus um, uh, slowly inches uh, towards uh, Neptuno with all the thousands of people uh, waiting for the bus to arrive and the music is booming all around. Well, all that music is, it, it, that's Carlos Jean um, playing all that music. So Carlos Jean is a, a crucial part of any Atletico celebration and we've lived quite a few in the last years and he was he was great. It was great to um, have lunch with him, but not only him. When we got to the to the table that they had um, set for us, um, we saw that Mono Burgos was also there, and it was it was great uh, to be with with assistant coach uh, Burgos. Uh, we were talking um, uh, uh, during uh, during lunch uh, about uh, I don't know a million. Uh, uh, matches. Uh, he 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 uh, told us uh, things uh, that I had never uh, heard about. Stories with Fernando Torres. Um, the the year that uh, we came back from relegation, he was on that team. Um, uh, the team was coached by Luis Aragonés. Things about Luis Aragonés. Really funny stories. It was it was just uh, so great and and such a fantastic uh, insider experience that. Um, well, uh, in the distribution that the table had, I, I was sitting next to Atletico de Madrid's uh, uh, press manager, and he was sitting next to Monoburgos, and next to Monoburgos uh, was Carlos Jean, and, and the conversation was going like, yeah, you know, the other day when we were at uh, Falcao's birthday party, and I was thinking like, yeah, that's that's normal, that's that's what happens to me every standard week, um, and, and uh, I was speaking to. Uh, Aleti's uh, press manager and and he's he's uh, he's normally very serious and and um, I, I wouldn't say he's he's cold when when you talk to him but he's not uh, the kindest person or the most friendly person you can think of he was super friendly um, all the time all the people from all the the Aletico staff were. Uh, stressing how important it was to be close to the bloggers, to be close to the to the people that send the message, the unofficial message to the um, to the fans, and and that for them it was an honor to to be with us. I was thinking that oh, it's the other way around, man. But okay, I'm not going to correct you. And and we were we were talking there. We were talking about I don't know, um, really um, all access uh, type of of conversation. We we talked about Atletico's debt. About the day, the, the the day he he met uh, Jesus Gil, Miguel Angel, his uh, father, and how unusual, <laughs> unusual to be polite, um, uh, Jesus Gil actually was. Um, the way he thought Atletico could pay off their and cancel their debt, um, and and he, and you were like thinking it's like there aren't any restricted topics. He's um he's not. Uh, He's not dodging any of the conversation, any of the conversation topics I'm bringing up. It, it was like incredible. Uh, he told me a story about uh, the night before the Super Cup and a conversation he had with Simeone and how Simeone had last-minute tactical doubts. And uh, he explained to me how um, Simeone 
was playing uh, with the salt and pepper, trying to solve a situation in the midfield that was bugging him in his mind, and he hadn't made up his mind whether he was going to play one player more to the left or one player more to the center. It was like totally incredible. And in the middle of that conversation, when he was telling me that super insider story uh, of of him with Simeone at a, in a hotel room um, the night before the Super Cup, his his mobile phone, his cell phone started to sound, and and the the screen started blinking with with a sign that said Falcao, 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 and he said, "Well, I have to take this call, of course." And he got up from the from the table, and and and, and that's when you start to realize how huge everything that you were living was, and um, we would have called the day unbelievable at that moment. But actually, the best part of the day was still to come. So it was it was actually pretty incredible. We finished lunch. Um, Mono Burgos uh, and and Carlos uh, Jean said bye to us, uh, and we got on the bus again with most of the Atleti staff, great people, um, and the Coca Cola staff, and and they took us to Vicente Calderon, and exactly where where the where the shop is. I don't know if you if you recall. Um, Atletico Madrid's shop is on on a side. And oh yeah, we we all met up with uh, Thibaut Courtois. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, Thibaut, so, I mean, yeah, yeah we're right. pretty we're pretty familiar. We're you, pretty familiar with this. Got your story. You've got your <laughs> <Yeah>. story. <laughs> you've been you've done that. <laughs> yeah. Ricky, just a quick interjection about um when you were talking to them about you know Simeone and stuff. Uh, did they mention how much they're like how big of fans they are of Atletico fans, Madrid Atleticos? This is Atleti. You know, they all told you that they spend that all the players and they spend all their time on our websites, right? The, the truth is, uh, they know exactly who we are, and and that's oh no doubt, no doubt. That's what surprises you because you say, okay, they've got these um, these uh, uh, I don't know um, m- massive uh, competition like Marca and Ass that. Um, Attract millions of readers, uh, televisions that attract uh, thousands of viewers, and 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 we're getting the same share of attention as as they are. If you stop to think about it, it's 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 uh, kind of crazy. Uh, but I think that we're in the sector where all the potential is. So I do think that they're foreseeing in the same way. I think that Atlético Madrid has has undergone a very very important. Um, the mentality change at probably a crucial moment. They've decided to go very, very professional in certain sectors where that's probably going to be a competitive advantage. So um, I, I'm, I'm not joking when I say that. Um, they really do know who we are because they do know who we are. And I think that they foresee the type of, of importance that uh, social media-based uh, uh, sites like ours uh, actually have, and and how how important uh, a, a, a player we're going to be in the future of informing about Atletico Madrid. So well, it's it's a, it's a reward for all this hard work that we put into our sites, and 
And, uh, um, well, uh, moving on, we got onto the bus, we went to, they, they took us all, they toured us around the city. By the way, people, uh, we met a lot of tourists on our way to the bus, uh, when we were at Neptuno and when we were exiting the Marca Sports Cafe and the tourists really didn't know what was going on. They just, uh, saw <laughs> these bus there, a lot of strangers getting on the bus and getting off the bus. And uh, I guess that there are a lot of tourists uh, back at their home countries, wherever around the world, that have taken uh, lots of pictures <laughs> of complete strangers thinking that they're celebrities of some type. So um, that's practically pretty awesome. <laughs> um, um, we, we got to Vicente Calderon and, and um, when, when we accessed the shop, uh, they, they had set up where they were where they display the the jerseys of the teams of the team the, the the different jerseys with the names of the players that they have like a display with um maybe a one um uh part full of Falcao jerseys another one with uh, Mario Suarez jerseys another one with Coque jerseys another one with Thibaut Courtois jerseys well we um they had changed all that line and um they had put jerseys with with our with our Twitter handles and and uh, um and numbers on the jerseys and uh well we got number 1 so well that just goes to show how important this is Atleti and this is Atleti are um we, because we got the the first jersey um and and after showing us that jersey they said well we're going to display this afterwards you're going to have the chance to see the jersey again uh basically they were just uh, playing around with us and uh, they said, why don't you walk into the museum? The, there, there's an access at the end of the shop, of the official Aleti shop, uh, that gives access to the museum. It's not normally used, that shop, except, I mean, that entrance, except as an exit from the museum into the shop at the end of the, um, of the museum tour. Uh, so we access the, the museum, which was normally closed on Mondays, but they had opened it up uh, uh, specially for us. And when we got there, we we were uh, we were received by the museum uh, director that uh, was extra kind. Again, he said it's a great honor to receive uh, you on a day like this. Um, this is something that we normally don't do. The museum is closed on Mondays. This type of tour that you're going to uh see today is something that we only do with ambassadors or uh foreign presidents that come to visit Atletico Madrid and um uh I I hope you enjoy it it's a, it's a very special visit to the museum and they had um taken out of the showcases the all the European cups and and we had the chance to, to hold in our hands the 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 1960s uh, Recopa, the 1970s uh, Intercontinental, uh, the last uh, Europa League that we won, the Super Cup, hold it, take pictures with it, imitate uh, Gabi or Antonio Lopez uh, holding the cup up and trying not to fall back because they're really, really heavy. <laughs> These cups are... Imagine if you would have dropped it and like shattered it to pieces. Yeah. How yeah. awesome would that be? Doing a Sergio Ramos. <laughs> yeah, we, we thought about that. <laughs> we were kind of scared. And... Um, these cups are the real deal. I mean, they're they're no fake uh, replicas, especially the old ones. Because when you when you pick up the Intercontinental Cup or the or the Winners Cup cup, the Recopa, it 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 
tinkles and and sounds like it's going to fall to pieces and you just like pick it up take your picture and slowly leave it on the on the table again because you're really afraid that it's going to uh suddenly shatter to pieces it's in, it's incredibly uh delicate i, I think it, they they probably have to to uh, restore it sooner or later because uh it's it's getting quite old um well the thing is that 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 was just unbelievable that was something that I would have never imagined that the club would do something like that to take out their cups to a uh, select group of uh, Aleti followers or whatever and, and let them play, um, play around with the cups and hold them and take pictures and uh, um, just feel them. It's it's a dream come true. It's incredible. Uh, I've been so many times to the museum just thinking that I would just like, I would just wish I could hold one of these cups in my hands and... Uh, see how much it weighs and and just feel how they are. Well, that was incredible. But the thing is that uh, far from being the end of the surprises, um, they told us that we were going to Mahalaonda in that moment. Uh, Mahalaonda is uh, where the training facilities are for Atletico Madrid to the Ferro del Espino. So they, they made us get on the bus again. And when we were on the bus already and ready to go... Uh, it was it was another joke by the um, uh, by by the by the press officer. He said, "Nah, I don't think it's worthwhile to go to uh, Mahalaonda. Why don't we we play some ball here at Vicente Calderon? Follow me." So we got off the bus, and and he walked us to uh, what's called the door zero. Door zero is is a uh, a special access uh, a VIP access, which is in the middle of the tunnel. That's under the main stand, the presidential stand of the Vicente Calderon. It's um, it, right in the center of 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 the of the presidential stand, and it goes down into the press uh, bo- uh, the press room on the right, and the dressing rooms on uh, on the left for for the home team. So um, when when we got there. They told us, well, um, there there is some stuff that you can pick up in the in the dressing room, and and we said, well, what dressing room? I let you go to this dressing room. Yeah, um, make yourself at home. Just go walk in and, and mingle. And uh, well, we we got inside, and and normally when you tour the stadium, I've I've I think I've done the tour a couple of times. When you tour the stadium, uh, they have like these, mm, they they have like a fenced area where you can. This glimpse at into the the dressing room, but you can't actually walk inside the the um, um, dressing room. And uh, the thing is that there was absolutely nothing, and the the same jerseys that we had already seen in the um, in the shop with the uh, with the uh, the handles on on the back of the jerseys. Uh, they had taken those jerseys down. They had. Uh, uh, thrown in uh, um, the rest of the kit, so so we were fully uniformed, and 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 they they showed us around the the dressing room. They let us uh, walk around, see see how um, the hot tub they have there was, the the gym they have at the far end, the showers, the well, the whole thing. The and 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 they said, well, n- now we're going to. Um, Go to the to the pits, but before we go to the pits, um, uh, we want you to meet someone. And they walked Adelardo in. Adelardo's 
probably the biggest legend in Atletico Madrid history. There are players that have other type of records, but I think that Abelardo holds the, the biggest amount of records for Atletico Madrid. He's a player that has played the mm, biggest amount of matches as as Rojiblanco. He played uh, for sixteen uh, or seventeen. I don't remember the the exact figure. Uh, consecutive seasons for Atletico from the end of the fifties to nineteen seventy five, and um, he's won the biggest amount of trophies uh, as an Atletico player. He's he won. Uh, three Ligas, five Copa del Rey, he won the Recopa, and he was the captain of the Intercontinental team, so that's a living legend. <laughs> if there ever was one, that, that's Adelardo. And not only is he a legend, like, for example, Luis Aragonés, he's much nicer, and, and he was super kind to us. He told us all type of stories, stories about um, before when Susan was mentioning modern football and how um, terrible it is for certain things. Uh, we got the other view of the story. We got the view of the romantic football of of these kids that uh, they didn't know anything about anything and and they they um, they would go to to South America for a couple of matches and come back two two and a half months later after playing 12 matches in five different countries because uh, new matches just kept popping up and um, they, they, they <laughs> it would be fantastic for them because they would uh, their salary would be determined by the days they by the amount of days they 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 were they were abroad and the amount of matches they played so um, in those days uh, um, football was in such a huge cash cow as it is right now and and well, it was just great to talk to him about um, epic moments in Atletico history, the uh, the Celtic uh, tie that I think we we spoke to Gary on another uh, podcast about this when when um, there were uh, th- there was a, a look back at history from um, from Scottish press and they have a completely different side of the story, but, um, he told us the Atletico part and it was a, it was a great experience talking to Adelardo. Uh, Adelardo left. We, we changed into the kits and we, we took all kinds of pictures in, in, in the, um, in the dressing room. I, I, I got to sit. Yes, I got to sit in a Senjo spot. I'm not so proud of that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I got to sit next to, um, other great places like, for example, Ardaturans or, or Falcao. Um, uh, I'm going to pop in Mario because... Susan and you're sitting two, next uh, to Sassenco, I know that. Yeah, two, two spots away from Mario. <laughs> that, that's soccer knowledge right there. I could, I could feel somebody <laughs> within myself. <laughs> and and um, then we they took us to, to the ale where the team waits for the... For the referee to call him up to the pitch, um, and and that pasillo, that's the name. It, it, it's, it's called in Spanish. It's it's like um, I don't know if you've ever watched uh, typical matches before they start, where where the players are concentrated and um, uh, they're just um, maybe shouting out some uh, some motivational words. Or so you can you can really feel it. That's when when. I'm sure that the players are there just uh, waiting in silence or 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 um, with the last instructions there. One 
some some player is giving to the press or the captain is talking for everyone. You can hear the stadium rumble and the stadium was empty, but you you could feel that that type of vibe inside, and it must be a great experience to be right before a really big match like the day in Granada with 60,000 people rumbling right before you get onto the pitch and and right before uh, you you get onto the pitch there's a sign on the wall it's it's been there for quite a few years uh, it's 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 in Latin it says uh, uh, Augusta perangusta which means in, in Latin you reach glory through through sacrifice and I think there is no uh, nothing that represents Atletico more than that. And yeah, we saw that. That's the message we saw from the Frente for yes. the Sevilla game. La Gloria se consigue. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. So that's that's the motto. That's it's been on on the wall of of that ale for for years, um, and it's 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 always um, something that's that's. Uh, it's very. It's always an important spot when you tour the stadium. So we got onto the pitch. We we we, we thought, wow, this is great. This is like, what a fantastic end to all this. We're gonna see the pitch and uh, maybe get to shoot a ball and and go to Pantich uh, to the to the corner where the, the flowers are um, uh, in in homage to to Milinko Pantich and. And we can see the nets with this uh, cool red and white design and and all that. And right when we thought that was as good as it gets, uh, Juan Fran walked onto the pitch and said, "Hey, why don't we play some ball?" And, and well, it, it's it's like that, that. That's what the whole day was like. It was like things just kept getting better. Uh, everything that we thought was the best moment of the day just got um, surpassed by the by the next thing that happened. And after after Juan Fran got onto the pitch, Caminero walked down from his office uh, and and had a really nice chat with us. He uh, was super kind, and um, Juan Fran played ball with us. Uh, he he taught us how to pass, how to make crossing moves, to to uh, try to score a goal. Um, Really laughed at every single ball we <laughs> we shot <laughs> in every single direction. It, Weren't you glad that Gary didn't show up for that one? Oh yeah, he probably would have taken a, a like a stick to one friend's knee. Yeah. <laughs> He's a big fan of one friend. <laughs> he probably would have offered him a sandwich and maybe a, a home to live in. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, no, there, there was no tin cup. Right. Like, no, there was no. Juan Fran didn't have. Okay, he wasn't holding up a sign like <laughs> "We'll work for food" or anything. Yeah, like that. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. for I tips. have to remember when I was in Mahalajona, when I was in Madrid, there were two girls actually waiting for Juan Fran. Juan Fran is really the best guy in in the whole team. I mean, if I could pick a single guy to um, hang out with and have a beer, undoubtedly it would be Juan Fran. Juan Fran's the kind of guy. That would be your buddy. I mean, it's not the uh, okay. Besides, the he needs food and a and a place to live. Of course, he's gonna be your buddy. If we go out with Juan Juan for beer, he's gonna be drunk like after two beers because he doesn't say anything. You're talking to a you're talking to a recently diehard Juan Juan now. So. Uh, I can say some really nasty stuff about Mario and Falcao. <laughs> no, uh, 
getting back to the serious part, uh, Juanfran, it, I mean, I, I, I've spoken to most of the players in the Fanamixta. Yeah, I, I guess I've, put, I've spoken to all of them. Uh, some I've understood, some I haven't, like Diego Costa or Miranda, when they speak, you can't understand half of what they say. But uh, uh, anyway, um, most of the players look nice. And, and one of the great things about this team, and that's something that, hasn't always been this way. I've I've been in the Thonamixta for two seasons and a half. Is the uh, how normal these players look and how normal these players act and um, when they mingle with the press, uh, they they just act like any twenty year old would would be with uh, with his friends and and they're really normal people. But if you have to point someone out like being especially nice to people and always being kind and having a smile and having a kind word. It's it's Juanfran and how he, he interacts with everyone. He's always available for a picture with fans and always always has a positive message and they're great guys and 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 and, and that makes you especially proud of, of of being a supporter of a team to not have idiots as as players, but sometimes you you talk to the players and you say, "I'm kind of disappointed when I got to meet this player. He wasn't as cool as I um, thought he would be." These guys are pretty decent fellows. Sorry, Martin. What did you want to say? Uh, no, I was gonna say conversely. You know, who's like the biggest jerk? Basically, <laughs> <laughs> I would say that um, if if I had to choose out of all these years I've been there. I don't know. Reyes acted kind of strange after after seeing him two or three times in the Thonamixta. He he always had his brother walking around there, and and um, he would um, walk uh, female fans into the mixed zone. Well, you needed captions for Reyes. It would, anyway, it would be like, he more than more than not be nice. He he looked a bit unprofessional, and. Uh, um, Kunawero wasn't very nice. He wasn't the kindest guy around. Forlan is very professional, but not very kind either. I, I'm saying these guys, they, they're they're pretty normal and they're all pretty, uh, very sociable. For example, Miranda. I remember at Monaco, um, Susan knows this as well. Uh, Miranda walked down and started talking to some friends that went to watch the match and gave out jerseys to. Um, some friends he had there. He was um, talking to everyone from the from the hotel terrace. Do you remember that, uh, Susan? Yeah, I'm like Thiago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't ask me about. It. Okay. Well, um, besides Thiago, which uh, um, seems to owe Susan money <laughs> or something similar. Uh, well, uh, that that was basically it. Uh, at the end of the day, um, the. Um, the, the the final thing that was uh, funny and worth mentioning was that uh, Caminero uh, dared uh, Juanfran to have a penalty shootout with us, and if we scored a certain amount of penalties on on uh, Juanfran, he would have to throw in some tickets for the next match. And of course, we we beat Juanfran. Uh, he's not such a good goalkeeper as he is fullback, uh, <laughs> and uh, and he promised to throw in some tickets, and, uh, and there was already sort of a sellout for for the Granada match, so so we got a call from the club saying that they would send us tickets uh, for Mallorca, but 
I mean, they take the sugar with the derby it on and uh, and <laughs> whatever, and you're not gonna say no. I want my tickets for Canada. You're you're like okay, whatever. I'm already served here for five lifetimes. Um, it was great. We 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 got um we we got uh, uh an autographed picture by Fanfran. The tickets, of course. They gave us the 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 full kit and just this unbelievable experience above all. Uh, to sum up, uh, we we live this uh, fantastic insider experience as true outsiders. So it was just great, and and we know that this VIP treatment that we got is something that they don't even give to press. Um, in in certain moments of the season, um, sometimes you when when we talk to Danny um, Martin, for example, they get they get uh, a lot of freebies from the from the club, and maybe they get freebies from from uh, Canal Plus or when when there's some type of promotion and uh, bloggers normally don't get this stuff but I think um, this goes way beyond getting uh, a freebie promotional product from the club once in a while this is an experience that um, uh, is uh, will last in my memories for for a lifetime it's just incredible so and we're also jealous but oh so very very happy for you, Ricky. Thank you very much. Really cool. So I remember, yeah, going on Twitter and seeing that picture of you. I, I don't even think you knew about it that the official Atleti Twitter account had sent that picture of you yeah, guys all. We were kind of seeing that they were that. Well, you can't imagine how many uh, photographers they took to the event. I mean, Coca Cola really went all went all out um, in this event. They had like three television. They had a three. Man, uh, television crew, um, two or three still picture uh, cameramen going around taking pictures of everything. And it was just unbelievable the the amount of effort they put into this, and it was like, I'm going to be a Coca-Cola fan for the rest of my life. That's the only thing I can say, guys. <laughs> Uh, have they have they released any of the the video footage, Ricky? Well, the thing is that when I was um, when I went to the Granada match and I was speaking to to the press officer that normally gives out the passes, he he told me that uh, he had seen the footage, but that it wasn't it hadn't gone public yet. So I guess they're still post editing or they're just waiting for the derby to come closer. There was um. There was a a contest related to this. We've been tweeting about it in the this is a lady Facebook page and Twitter account, and I hope um, all the Spanish resident um, English speaking listeners that we have have participated. And I, it would be really cool if uh, this is a lady or this is a lady or 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 any of the of the places where we promoted this would win the the contest because that that would that would make it extra special to be able to give away indirectly a, a prize and, and there were really cool stuff what they were giving out. They were giving a private pass to a training session which uh, if if it's like uh, what we lived would be kind of cool to be there um, in front row talking to Simeone while he's um, kicking the shit out of the, out of the kids. So... Um, it, it, they're fantastic prizes, um, autographed jerseys and the tickets for the Derby, and wow, incredible. Well, I, I think I speak on behalf of the all of us that when we said this couldn't have happened to a better guy, Ricky, and uh, I really think that you thoroughly deserved the, the fantastic day that you had. Um, Thank you very much. By Coca-Cola. 
Um, now, before we wrap up this episode, guys, uh, there was one thing I wanted to highlight or to plug on the podcast, and that is um, a piece uh, on athleticoffense.com that you, uh, all three you worked on, uh, you collaborated on, um, which is uh, regarding Arda Turan. And before I invite everyone uh, listening to, to add their thoughts and to comment on the post, um, I'll let you quickly introduce um, what you wrote about, uh, Martin. Let the architect talk, yeah. Martin, you go ahead. Okay. Well, I got a lot of help uh, from Mace Rod, who's now a co-editor on Athletico Fans too. So I just wanted to mention her. Uh, last night we collaborated on. I, you know, I gave my suggestions about the the title. She helped with the editing, the organization of it. Uh, basically, it's a piece where all the writers and Athletico Fans we get together and and we hash over the current affairs of our club. Uh, we give it a, a name, uh, uh, the AF Powwow, uh, which we hope to get going, like as an ongoing series where we discuss, you know, uh, topics about Atleti. Uh, this time we spoke about Arda Turan. Uh, we were speaking about how in the past two games we've seen Atletico uh, more more effective in their counterattacks. Uh, we've noticed that when Arda is in the midfield, sometimes he tends to to hold the ball. He's not exactly the fastest player. Uh, as we mentioned in the intro of the debate, uh, he, his playmaking ability, talent, his commitment to the team is undoubtable. You know, you can't, you can't ever question that. Uh, but given the fact that Simeone is starting to figure us out, you know, uh, should we change our approach? Should we use him less? Should we play him half a game now? Uh, and that's basically what we talked about. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And, um, well, as you said, very recommendable piece, especially my part. No, that was very yeah. recommendable piece from the beginning to the end. Um, and, and of course, uh, the, the, the piece that uh, Susan wrote, there's also um, on, on the Madrid Atletico site, I would also uh, like to recommend... Uh, Billy Edwards' Lone Watch, which is uh, uh, always a very interesting close-up at, at what uh, the players at are around other teams are doing, and and that's a, uh, a section that I especially miss, and I hope we can have Billy on the show uh, soon so he can give us uh, an update on on how things are going with the B team and, and with the players that are around. Some of them interesting, like uh, Silvio, who is having a pretty decent uh, season end, and let's see what happens with Pizzi next next uh, season. So, guys, I just wanted to thank you again, and and um, I'm really happy because we got this on the record. And Are you <laughs> we, sure? I'm absolutely sure? positive. <laughs> I have two programs recording this. Yeah. The bad thing is that I, I'm pretty sure last Plus a, time I a tape recorder, I, I undusted to to get this recorded. No, but it sucks because the last time I had like at least five really killer jokes that I that I mentioned, and I wanted to send them to ESPN, you know, as part of my resume. But thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally ruined the, the last episode. Yeah, it should be uh, episode 64B or something like that. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Martin, for being on the show. All right, been a pleasure as always. Derek, thank you very much. Talk to you soon. Yeah, talk to you soon, guys. Great talking to you again. Susan, tomorrow when you're yawning yourself to death, uh, don't hate us too much.
I won't. <laughs> Thank you very much and, and talk to you soon. Thanks for inviting me. So this wraps up another episode of Red and White Passion. Remember to send your views by Twitter at This Is It Letty, Facebook on Facebook.com slash This Is It Letty, or by email on info at This Is It Letty.com. If you're a new listener, we hope you enjoyed the show and that you will continue to listen to us. You can subscribe to the podcast or download it via iVox or iTunes. Thank you for said Letty. If you would like to advertise on This Is Atleti, contact us via email on info at thisisatleti.com.